This is the weekly message from Hope Church Malmesbury. We're so glad you can join us. This week's sermon is part of our series, The Promise and the Purpose. We're walking slowly through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, promise by promise. Find out more about Hope Church and how to support our ministry at www.thehope.church. I hope this message will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and rely on his promises every day. Here's the message. A few months back, I heard a standout Christian message um, that was actually preached by a really good friend of mine. She has been in my life for quite a long time now. She's a spiritual support um, and she is a on-fire woman of God. And she taught a message entitled, It Should Start with sacrifice. And this is a verse that I think would kind of um, bring that together. Romans 12 verses 1 to 2. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This scripture says we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, let's be clear, we all know that Jesus has already been the only sacrifice needed to make us right before God. So what does it mean to present ourselves as a sacrifice? I think it means to make the harder choices, to choose God above comfort or ease. And if you think about an animal sacrifice for a moment, a dead sacrifice will just lay there. But a living sacrifice can get up and walk away any time it wants, and I should think it probably wants to. (laughs) A living sacrifice needs to choose to stay or be chained or trained to stay at the altar. And so think of that from our point of view as a living sacrifice. And I want to just say that when Judy preached this message, the point was it should start with sacrifice. So many of us become Christians, and maybe 10 years down the line, we go, oh, I must sacrifice myself a little. Her point was, from day one, we should be laying ourselves, choosing to lay at the altar Okay, let's have a look. A a living sacrifice needs to choose or be trained to stay at the altar. Philippians 3, verse 13 to 16 says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, we're talking about football again. No. Um, (laughs) So I always see that as a training kind of scripture because it's about pressing forward. You know when it just gets a little bit difficult and you feel a little bit exhausted? It's about pushing forwards just that little bit further. It's about running, still running even when you're tired. Now, my godly friend Judy used the image of a travelator at the centre of her message, and it absolutely opened up the world for me. So I am unashamedly going to use the same imagery. I wish I could preach the same message. I can't, and I didn't write notes copiously. I didn't write any notes, because she took me off guard. I didn't expect this message to come out that morning, and I wished we'd had some sort of recording device, but we didn't. 
So basically, I'm just going to preach to you what God is showing me through the Travelator because the Travelator is such a prophetic insight. And I hope that this picture will really help you walk out your best life in Jesus. Have you ever wondered why does it feel so hard sometimes? To follow Jesus. Why does it feel so hard to follow Jesus? If you've ever asked that question, I hope today's message will shine a light on why. First of all, though, do you know what a travelator is? I'm hoping there's one on the screen. There's one at the bottom, but Mark, have you got the big picture? So a travelator is like a conveyor belt for human beings, okay? It's a moving walkway. You see them generally at the airport. I've never seen them anywhere else, so it's very good to be preaching on this in the summer holidays. And you are supposed to power walk along it, can I just say. You are not supposed to stand still on it, and it really gets on my nerves when people stand there with their suitcases either side of them, and you can't get around them. And I'm like, no, I've got to make my connection. So that's what it's designed for. Is designed to help you move easier in the direction it is traveling. Now, there was a day, once upon a time, when you were born to live on this earth. We call it your birthday. On that day, when you tumbled from the womb, it's like you dropped onto a travel lighter called the world. And we were all moving in the world's direction which ultimately is the devil's direction. Ephesians 2 verses 1 to 2 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. But when you were born again, or when you are born again, you may not have been yet, you turn your life, so you're facing this way, you've been born, you're on the travel later, and you're moving. I actually don't know my parameters. Mark, tell me where I can get to. This is where we're going, and stop, okay. But I would keep going, but I go off screen, apparently. Um, So so this is us on the travel later. We're born, we plop onto the travel later, and here we go. And then we decide to follow Jesus. We want to follow Jesus. So we decide to turn and face Jesus, okay? That's when we are born again. And we start moving against the flow of the world in the opposite direction. The travel light is still moving that way, but we are now going this way. That's what it means to repent. Acts 3 verse 19, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. So that's what repent actually means. It means to go the other way. Philippians 3 verses 17 to 20 says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. So Paul says, walk this way, God's way. Have you ever walked in the opposite direction along a travel later? I really should have done it the other day when I was in the airport just to try it, I think. But actually, I don't recommend you do because it will really upset the other passengers. I imagine it takes quite a bit of energy 
to go against the flow of the movement that is literally underfoot, dragging on you. And maybe it's difficult to stay upright because the handrail is also moving in the wrong direction. So you've got nothing to grab onto. Then there will be people and suitcases coming at you in your way. So it's going to be quite hard to stay upright and quite easy to stumble and fall. At which point, whilst you are down, the troublator will continue to move you in the direction it is flowing to where it takes everyone else. Do you get it? Now, personally, I think that's enough. We could go with that, go home, watch the rest of the lionesses, because that is enough to be going on with. But I'm going to take it a little bit further. So, imagine the travelator. The world is like a travelator designed to easily move you along with everyone else in the direction of the devil. 1 John 5 verse 19 says, We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. You see, Christian believers are on the travelator, let me be clear, because you are alive, and the travelator is this world. So if you hadn't got that yet, I hope you've got it now. (laughs) But when you gave your life to Jesus and renounced the power of sin and the devil over you, you literally turned around, away from the world's direction. You're now facing the opposite way, towards God, choosing his ways for your life. But the trouble later is always moving. You might be facing God, but life is still pulling on you, away from him. And this is why it's so important to live out your faith. We call it walk out your faith. To sacrifice comfort or ease, it would be way easier to lean on that travel later and let it just drag you back, let me say. So it's really important to do as well as believe, to walk it out. And someone prayed this in the prayer meeting. I loved this morning's prayer meeting. Everything was prayed that I have in here. So James 2 verse 14 to 18 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works. Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things they needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You ain't moving in the right direction at least. (laughs) But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. There has to be something that goes along with just the belief system. So you can turn to God, but you can still feel really far from him because so many of the everyday simple things in in this world, just simple life things in this world, good and bad, are designed to keep you moving away from God. And it's only when you actually start walking towards God that you start to see the fullness of your faith affecting your daily life. But as we've already discussed, it can be hard to start walking against the flow. 
But I was thinking about this. I was thinking, actually, I reckon you can get a rhythm and start to fall into a bit of a pattern. You'll figure out how the ground is moving under you, and you'll know not to put your hand on the handrail, and you'll start to get a bit of a pattern that will help you keep going. And I think that's what habits are. Habits are a pattern. Think about what a habit is. It's a pattern that you follow, you fall into comfortably, in fact, which is why it's important to have godly habits. Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, to good habits, I would say, not neglecting to to meet together as the habit is of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you say that, see the day drawing near. This is why, if you are online, but you live locally, come and meet together with us, because we help each other going in the right direction against the flow of the world. It's going to be a lot easier if there's a lot of you moving that way. There's going to be a lot less suitcases and a lot less stuff coming at you if, they, if the travel is full of everyone walking the other way, right? That's why we have to meet together. Philippians 4 verse 8 to 9 talks about some godly habits. Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about what you're thinking about. So many people just think. Stop thinking and think about what you're thinking about. Think on these things, the godly things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, says Paul. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So you see, as you walk it out, you'll strengthen your muscles. You'll get the right muscles to pull against the flow underneath and you'll get steadier and stronger in your ability to walk against the flow. But remember, whenever you get tired or lose motivation or stop walking against the flow and you'll find yourself moving again, just gently drifting away. And we know this. And this is why it's such a powerful picture because most of us, if we have been a Christian for more than five minutes, have felt that drifting away. And I hope this is helping you because the world is always pulling you in its direction. Things happen. Difficulties, distress, disappointments. And Critty specifically prayed about disappointments in the prayer meeting this morning with a word that I wasn't sure if she might share, but she didn't, so I'm going to share it, that there may be someone here with a great disappointment that has held you back from moving with Jesus, which is literally what you said. And these disses, all of this, all of this is leading us away, the world's way, because it makes you weary and it makes you doubtful and it feels easier not to stand and push against the world with our beliefs, not to stand out from the crowd, not to step out in faith. It's so much easier just to give in to the flow. And maybe we might be facing God, but it's easy to go the world's ways. And that is why it feels so hard to do things God's ways. But this is why it's so important, and this is why God has put it on my heart to share with you this morning. Because we need to realise that when we give up, because it's just too hard, or we're weary, or we're disappointed on all of this, there is only one direction we will be moving. And no matter which way we're facing, we're still drifting away from God when we're not actively moving towards him. But the good news is, hallelujah, she's got good news, uh, (laughs) is that when we turn our lives to Jesus, 
We receive his power and strength through his Holy Spirit. His power. Say his power. His strength. His power and strength to walk in the opposite direction. Okay, it's not your power and strength. There's nothing you can do. You are not superhuman. You are you. You are very average, and so am I. But we have the power of God in us to enable us to walk out that commitment. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, and I know I've plucked it all out by itself, but it would have taken too long to read all the scriptures around everything. I can do all things through him. He strengthens me. Say all things. things. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Okay, so we can control ourselves and decide I want to go this way. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5 says, his divine power has granted to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You know, Peter continues with advice on how to become accustomed to walking God's ways. So I want to read to you a bit further in that one Peter um, section that I was just looking at. Uh, sorry, 2 Peter. It's 2 Peter 1, verses 5 to 11. It's just ongoing from where I just read. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so short-sighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. That looks like this. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Isn't that awesome? You're not going to stumble over those suitcases coming at you. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. So he's saying, practice godly habits, as I was saying earlier. And I thought this was a really good list of godly habits because it's what I kind of shared from the other verses earlier. But it's all put together. So what are the godly habits? We've got a list. Faith. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection and love. Leave those up on screen if they're there. Yes. Practicing those things are what keep us on track in rhythm and keep us upright on our walk against the flow of the world. So faith, it starts with faith. That means turn and face God. That's the turn. Virtue. Well, I looked up virtue in the, in the uh, dictionary because I thought that might be useful. And it means morally good, which means make good choices. Okay? Knowledge. That means growing faith, power, and strength by reading the Bible, which Sue prayed about this morning in the prayer meeting. So I'm loving the fact that these prayers were really about what I'm preaching today. You need to read the Bible to be able to have the power and strength it promises you, because you need the knowledge of that it belongs to you. You need to know those promises belong to you. So faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control. 
Well, this is a fruit of the Spirit. That means it grows by itself just because you have the Holy Spirit in you. I want you to know that. So don't let your flesh win. Your flesh wins when you give up. But you submit to God's Spirit, not to the flow of the world. Submit to God's Spirit. Steadfastness. Love steadfastness for this travel later image we have, where we're all on a travel later of the world, being dragged one way. Steadfastness tells you you can be steady and hold on to what you know to be true. You may not be able to hold on to the handrails, but you can hold on to Jesus. Okay? Godliness. Being filled by his spirit and walking just like Jesus because you are his. Brotherly affection. We are family. Look out for each other. Now, brotherly affection is better done in the real world, which is why if you sit at home every Sunday watching the service, God bless you, but you belong in the room if you can be. If you're in another country, another time zone, or in three months' time, clearly you couldn't be here. But I'm really speaking to you. I mean it. This has to change. COVID is long, well, it's not gone, but it's dealt with. We have to get back to reality. And if you are skipping church, you need to think about how am I going to do this brotherly affection correctly? How am I going to live out everything that God has called me to? How am I going to help others walk? You do not exist for yourself. We exist for each other. We should be dragging each other forwards, okay? And that's actually what I'm trying to do today, as I'm trying to take you in the right direction on this travelator that is determined to pull you the other way. And lastly, love. Choose to act in an attitude of love to strangers, to friends, to family, They can be the hardest, if I'm honest, and enemies, okay? All of the above. Listen, let's get to it. Let's finish off. You can only get to heaven if you're facing Jesus, okay? Heaven's that end, hell's that end. Let's just call it that, okay? You've got to be facing Jesus to get to heaven. Don't worry, you get to heaven even if the world's dragging you and you're facing Jesus. Let's not go too far on that picture, okay? But... Remember, you can be facing Jesus and still feel really far from God. And hopefully you now see why. The world is constantly moving you away. And standing still, can I be honest, is the same as drifting away. We were never designed to stand still. People say to me, do you want to be part of a big church? Do you want to run a big church? Big church sounds like a lot of hard work, if I'm honest. But... um, Yes, is the answer. Do you know why? Because it should never stay this. It should always be growing. So I want to be part of a growing church. Because if we are standing still, we are stagnant. If we are standing still, we are drifting. There should be no standing still. And I want to stop standing still. And I've made a commitment to stop standing still. And I hope you'll work with me on this one. Let's think about it. The disciples themselves, they walked with Jesus for a good three years or so. The disciples then watched Jesus die and they struggled alone. Have a look at the the scriptures after Jesus' crucifixion. They're a confused, deflated bunch. You know, some of them are walking off to Emmaus where they presumably come from. Others are going fishing. I don't know what to do with myself. Let's go fishing. The disciples were not able to fully walk out in power without being filled to overflow from the Holy Spirit. 
We all need the power of God to walk against the world's flow. But the good thing is that Jesus promised us the power. He said this, Acts 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We are at the end of the earth. We are here. We are included. This is for us. After the disciples were baptised in the Holy Spirit, and we call that Pentecost, the Pentecost scriptures, this is what they preached. And I am coming to an end, don't you worry. Acts 2, verses 38 to 39. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all of you who are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. What I tried to do was take a little step on my travel later in the direction of God in each of those. You see, water baptism is part of walking Jesus' ways. He says, do it. Believe and be baptised. That's literally the reason Mark got in the baptismal waters when he was a little boy. Well, he wasn't a little boy, he was a teenager, but you know what I mean. Um, (laughs) Water baptism is part of walking Jesus' ways. It's a symbol of your decision to follow him. So if you feel stuck with the travel lighter rolling you back constantly, water baptism might be the thing that just unlocks your steps forward again and can help you to get more fully into the rhythm of walking God's way and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is equally important by filling you with the power to walk against the flow it's not your power it's God's power he wants to give it to you it's yours to walk God's way not in your own strength but in his power So the challenge for us today is to recognise where we are right now on the world's travel later, to decide where we want to be. So I'm going to give you a moment. Let's close our eyes and respond. And I'm going to ask you to stand when you recognise yourself. Because really, most of the room should be standing by the end of these three areas. There might be some of you who've decided carry on going the world's way so you might not want to stand but I think most of us will want to stand at some point so just take a moment think about the world's travel later it's designed to take you away from God so have you been facing the world's ways if this morning you need to turn to face God today Stand now. Everyone's got their eyes closed. You're all just going to stand one at a time or a few at a time. So stand and respond because sometimes we have to move in order to move things out of the way. Maybe you've been facing God for a while, but you've not felt close to God. Well, it's time to move. It's time to take some steps forwards. Somebody said earlier, it might even be that you're supposed to be stepping into a new ministry, but it might be that you need to make a commitment to go through the waters of baptism or receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that you feel you've never quite had. I want you to stand now if that's you, if you need to make a step forwards, if you've been feeling that you've faced God, but you're feeling further away from God. Lastly, perhaps you've been baptised in the water 
and in the spirit. And you've even been living it out. You've maybe even made a few disciples. But you're feeling tired and need or just want a refreshing, re-energizing boost from the Holy Spirit. Stand now because I'm going to pray for us. Father God, I pray for those of us who have responded in our hearts and in our bodies, Lord God. I pray right now that you will pour out your spirit, that you will empower each and every one of us who is reaching out to you right now, from those who want to turn to you for the first time, to those who want to follow you through the waters of baptism or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and those who have done all of that and yet need to keep walking with you and need to know they have the power and strength to do so. I pray right now, Lord God, that you will meet every need in this room, that you will fill us to overflowing, that you will pour out your Holy Spirit. Now, in the name of Jesus, we receive your spirit, your empowering, your strength to walk out your purposes in this world just as you have called us to. Lord God, I pray that we will go out and do as you have called us to do, that we will go out and we will make disciples, Lord God, that we will be empowered in your strength, that the world will not be able to drag us away any longer, Lord God, that we will find our rhythm walking with you in your ways, always, to the end of days, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please do sit down. Everything I've said today is not about you striving to go against the flow. It's about you thriving through the power of the Holy Spirit in your decision to walk God's ways for eternal life. For everything in life, sorry, not just eternal life. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to read a scripture as the worship team come back ready to lead us because I think this scripture kind of just sums everything up for us. So I hope you'll just receive it now. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us, which is a relaxed position, with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God and not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Amen.